0: The MX Vice Show.
1: Welcome to episode 32 of the MX Vice Show. Awesome to be here. We're still in coronavirus lockdown, although light at the end of the tunnel. I'm James Burford of MX Vice, and with me is MX Vice editor Lewis Phillips, and Rob from Jukebox Beats. We're not in the studio. We're uh, in different places, but it seems to be working. Are you there, Lewis? I am. Hi. And <laughs> it's definitely working. Hi. How, how are you Hi. this week? Yeah, great. You? Yes, good, thank you. Good, good. Yep. It's, uh, are you starting to feel a little bit more confident now? Yeah, just making July plans, seeing as that's now very free. Yeah, uh, are you going
2: anywhere
3: nice or just staying at home? Uh, well, there's, a, there's supposedly a national on July the 4th. So. Really? Okay. Mm. Well, so you've
1: just got to try and find an airline that will take you to America?
3: Uh, it's not so much the airline,
1: it's more of a border control person that will let me into America. That's true. Today's show is brought to you by Seven, Talon, Yoko, Prox, Liat, Hinson, KYB, and always evenstrokes.com. Some good news this week, Lewis. Oh, is that from you or from me? Yeah, Evenstrokes is really starting to, um, to take off. Really good news. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So for, for people who don't know, Evenstrokes is uh, our shop which sits alongside MX Vice. And uh if you're wondering how you can help us within the uh the coronavirus and the craziness what's going on, we're all in it in a moment. It's obviously a big struggle for for everybody, including businesses. So um anything that you purchase on even strokes, the money just, you know, will go towards helping MX Vice. Uh there's obviously the t-shirts on there. We sell Yoko, Alpine Stars, uh lots of different brands on there, parts, and a new website is coming uh this week. So that that's looking uh Like, it's going to do good things for mx Vice going forward. Ah, great. You are busy, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, trying to keep myself occupied whilst in lockdown. Anything else you want me to start up or anything? Or what you want me? Oh, what, you business-wise?
2: Yeah. Uh, No, it'd be ideal if you could just just focus on the task at hand.
3: Okay, okay. Noted. Uh, So how's your week gone? Uh, It's been all right. Last you week had some was, ups
2: and downs, didn't you, with um, interviews? Oh, uh, last week was a bit emotional. I couldn't get anyone to pick up the phone, but we're back now, so that's good.
1: Are you on a bit of a roll now?
2: I am on a bit of a roll now. I've got three interviews in hand. If that was okay. the word, I've got three. i I've, I've got three excess interviews that so I've got that uh, are ready to go. So I'm yeah. ahead
3: of the game.
1: And it seems like you got some good interviews on the website this week if people haven't uh, sort of logged on and had a, had a read.
2: Oh, yeah. We finally found out what's going on with Geordie Tixier.
1: So tell us.
3: Um, because you haven't read it. Yeah, I haven't read it. I wanted to read it today, but I haven't
2: read it. So obviously he split from VHR KTM in January or maybe even February. Um, we shocked everyone, but also didn't shock everyone because splitting from teams seems to be a hobby that Tixier enjoys. Yep. um and then shortly after the team manager or team owner Bruno uh, did an interview with a french magazine or website and said basically that they split because Tixier took his bikes out of the workshop and wanted to work have like have them at his house and basically run like that yeah so that was and then Tixier never has never said his side like never and I've been trying to do this interview with him for a while. And I kind of kept saying, like, you kind of need to say your side because he's just slagging you off. Like that's what's happening. Like,
3: yeah, it might
2: help if you get your side out there. Like I want to, I like, I'm just, I've got a comment on this situation and I know nothing from your side. So it's like in your interest. So we finally got it done. And, um, it was actually quite interesting. Cool. So, so, Tix, so Tixie as mechanic last year, he really liked and everything. And apparently he was really good. And then The team owner wasn't so nice to the mechanic, so the mechanic left. So Tixia said to the team owner, like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the uh, team owner said, like, oh, it'll be easy to find a mechanic like him. So Tixia went, fair enough. I'll call you in two weeks. Uh, Called him in two weeks. He didn't answer. And then that basically repeated itself a lot. Tixia couldn't get a hold of him. Uh, So Mm Tixia in the end said, as a final message, Tixia said, right, we haven't got a mechanic, let me take the bikes to my house and my dad will work on them, and that at least is like a setup for us moving forward. Um, but the team owner didn't like that, and they split. Wow. Sorry okay. to everyone who actually took the time to read the interview because you obviously already knew that, but this is – James treats this podcast like an audio book, so.
1: Yeah, it's just me and you have a little chinwag.
2: Yeah, you treat this like you basically want me to read the Ice content to you on this podcast
1: oh that's a that could be quite good actually if you audio podcast you can actually just start reading back you know ah, oh, even better well, like but it... read it
2: but read it like um like a, with, with a bit of energy behind it yeah like a like a um like a children's book
1: oh i'm liking this this is great because
2: like, then what... like if i go to the tixier if i go to the tixier interview he says like i could read it like oh I asked Bruno what we were going to do, and he said, oh, we can find a mechanic like him easily. I get away, Great. It
1: just... Can you put a bit more of a French accent on? I, I almost did, but I feel like that could be classed as offensive. Oh, that would be golden, honestly. We, we could be stumbling onto something here.
2: I asked Bruno what we were going to do, and he said, we weave.
1: Yeah, Lewis reads mx Vice. I love it. Okay, so that's interesting. What does he know? He's got a bit of a reputation for for you know, team splitting and everything else. What what's been going on the last couple of years?
2: I kind of said to, after I kind of spoke to him for a bit. I said to him, I kind of get it. Like he's been on the best teams in the business, like Red Bull KTM, uh, Monster Energy Kawasaki. So when he goes to these smaller teams, he kind of knows what he wants it to be. Yeah, and I can understand him trying to make it that. Like I, I I, like I, can't. like I can't slag the guy off for trying to make it the best it can possibly be. Yeah. Like, and we've seen this with lots of teams, like Strybos last year and other things. Like, that's kind of seems to have been the. That kind of seems to be how it goes.
1: Yeah, it's difficult for a rider who's been given everything, the best of the best, factory, and then has to go down to a satellite or a startup.
2: Well, I'm not. I'm not saying it's difficult for him. I'm just saying. In this situation, he was trying to make it the best it could possibly be and the team owner didn't like him meddling, I guess. Yeah. Because there's other parts to it in the interview as well, so. but you'll have to read uh, that.
1: Cause. No, I want to. I want to. And then um, you've got another big interview coming up as well. Um, what one would you be referring to? Stephen Sword. Oh, yeah. That's a,
2: yeah,
1: yeah that's, that's actually quite enjoyable, that was. And um, he's now working with um, Hitachi KTM. Yeah, he, that was the basis of the interview. Okay. Obviously, there, was a li- there were little
2: bits and pieces um, dripped in there about his career, but I'm doing another interview with him soon about his
1: full career. So Excellent. And was that the first time you kind of spoke to him at, that, at length? That's the first time I've spoken to him full stop. Wow, okay. But he was, very, he was a
2: really, really good interview, so I'm glad I did. Good, good. There we go. What yeah. a role you're on. Yeah. We've also got so, an interview with um, Gunther from Technical Touch coming up. Ah,
1: called cool, Suspension Guy.
2: Yeah, so that's another interesting... That's an, just, just adding a bit of different flavour in it he's these lockdown times, you know? Just bringing something yeah. different to the table.
1: I like it. I like it. And uh, what did Gunther come up with? Has he got some uh, suspension settings for me on the Kawasaki? I can't remember, to be honest. It was a long time ago I did the interview. I need, to, I need to get a, la- a second a lap, so maybe you should go back and ask him.
2: You could do getting a lap, couldn't you?
1: Yeah, that's true. I can only do three at the moment. Well, actually, I can't do anything, so we can't go out, but...
2: No, that's more what I was referring to, but...
1: Yeah, well, even before that, it was quite bad.
3: Oh, quite right a Yeah, it's okay, it's just fitness. So, it's got some good interviews this week. Yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. Any more planned, or can you
1: not talk about that yet?
2: Um... Uh, I think I'm calling Pooches soon.
1: Cool, that'd be good.
2: Because he's a bit of a forgotten man, and also I want to find out his feelings on being
1: left off of the Dutch man, the Dutch list of riders who can ride. Oh, yeah. he um He's kind of a, a Tom Hanks in Castaway, isn't he, Pooches? I can imagine him coming back with a massive beard and matted hair. That's he's been in the wilderness that long.
2: That's
1: it's not just a joke. Terrible. I'm, I'm well, just I don't
3: mean, that's terrible. It's just terrible, full stop. Oh, it's, it's not even a joke. I don't know what's wrong with you. Every week, you know.
2: That's just not... I don't really understand. That's not, re- that's not really a comment.
1: Okay, I was just saying I could imagine him coming back from the wilderness, literally looking like that.
3: Well, everyone will do after being off for five months.
1: How's your hair looking, actually? Why? Because you pride yourself on your hair. So have you now got dreadlocks? Don't. Or-
2: no, don't you worry about that.
1: Okay, okay. You've got, that you've
2: got bigger sorting.
1: things on your plate. Yep, you've got bigger <laughs> things on your plate. <laughs> okay. Uh, so um, what do we know? The MXGP has changed its calendar for the 110th time.
2: Yeah, and well done to you for reading, looking at the calendar two minutes before we started this podcast.
3: Yeah, thank you. That's, that's what I'm here for. So the, as I look at the calendar now, the first thing I notice is that Mataly is spelt wrong. Okay. But
2: we'll ignore that because that's an event in the past. So we won't. I won't. I won't like pay too much attention to that. But it's quite difficult. Okay. So we, July's a write-off. That's
3: it. We're
2: not going racing in July's July. N- nothing in July. No. Despite my best
3: efforts to stay positive, that's not. That didn't seem to help. <laughs> oh, oh dear. How much does therapy cost you this week? Um, I'd rather not talk about that. Okay, I don't want to talk about my financial
2: situation
1: okay um yeah, so sorry, um so Russia's still on the calendar,
2: yep, yeah it's basically the same Russia and latvia Russia and Latvia are still our startups They're just instead of being at the beginning of June, they were at the beginning of July and now instead of being at the beginning of July, they're now at the beginning of August. so I'm not going to lie. Russia seems to be very hard <laughs> Russia seems to be very. Insistent that it will be the first race back.
1: <laughs> they haven't got the message yet, have they? That it's not going to be.
2: Myself, I personally would quite like to go Latvia first, but everyone seems <laughs> like Russia seems to really be standing strong, so good on it.
1: Um, okay. One thing I noticed with, with the calendar is the fact that you hit it in July, and do you, uh, sorry, you hit it in August. Do you actually get a break until Christmas? Is there uh, a weekend? Yeah, there's a weekend.
2: Actually, that's not really a weekend off because it's TBA. Um, actually, no. I'll
1: so
3: basically,
1: actually... how the hell are they going to run a series every week to the end of the of the year? That's no, no. insane. This isn't.
2: This is not a final calendar. This is going to change big time. It's it's got to. No, there's
1: no. No, it will. None, none of the teams could afford to run week in week out, even if they've got budget set aside or whatever. I'd imagine there was some kind of pressure to
2: release an updated calendar from the FIM or something, because it's been a month yeah. now. I think the last one was released on April the 15th, so it has been a month. So I'd imagine there's some kind of rule that everyone has to be updated once a month. And obviously there is reason to update, because we're not racing in July. But the rest of it, just ignore it. Because we know that double GPs are a thing, and that's not even referenced on there. So if, they, um... if this was the final
3: calendar, they wouldn't even be looking into WGP. Because that, that was brought up by Rasmus in an interview this week, wasn't it?
2: What, on MX Vice?
3: Yeah. Did you read it? Or the week, was it The Weekend?
2: No, it was yesterday.
1: Yesterday, was it? Okay. I don't um, watch weekend streams. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so, so what Rasmus was saying was, was common sense. He said
2: basically the teams uh, in front need to be realistic with what the teams are able to do. Uh, as far as overseas events and all of that for the rest of the season, and also he said because there will be an economic crisis, and it may not hit MXGP next year, but it probably will. Ne- uh, no, it may not hit MXGP this year, but it probably will next year.
1: Yeah, massively. So it's so, not about just the rest of this year; it's about making sure that there's going to be teams and GPs going forward.
3: But I
2: like. I don't. I don't take anything from this calendar. I'm not booking hotels or anything because it's quite, it's so obvious it's going to change, Like you can even see it by looking at it.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I've just, I'm, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm completely dubious about the new dates and, and I, I just can't see how they can run that many rounds um, for the rest of the year. Interesting. Like it,
2: like if, you, if you look at this with a smart head on, I know that's difficult for you, but if yeah. you look at it with a semi-intelligent head on, um, okay, you can say that the last calendar there was one TBA on there Saint Jean. There was one of, on the last calendar. There was one event that did not have a date assigned. That's now been cancelled. So using that logic, I in my head I would not be surprised on next calendar to see Lockett, Chantal, and Imola all cancelled.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would that would make, that would make sense.
2: We know double GPS are being looked at as a plan C by in front. Um which and that would which, and we know Lommel is kind of the, one of the main focuses for that, which would be back to back weekends with a different track. But if you look at Lommel on the calendar, Portugal's before and Indonesia's the weekend after. So in my head, I'm going, Okay, maybe the second Lommel would take the first of November, which would mean Indonesia would go. Not I have no information, I'm just trying to use logic here because I feel like you can deduct something.
1: Yeah, and I and I think I think from looking at the calendar and where we are in, in currently where we're going, they have to look at every every area to see how they can possibly save money for uh, teams, save money for the sponsors of the teams, and also save money for um, the fans. Because let's face it, the fans aren't going to, uh, and especially the ones which regularly go to five or six GPs, they're not going to be able to spend that that money what they would have, um, given that they've probably been on furlough. Some of them are self-employed, probably not even earning money. Um, things have changed, so you know, for me, the sensible option would be to, to look at double headers, but not not having even the double headers on different weekends. Having double headers the same weekend.
2: No, no, so, no, 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 no. We're not, not? there yet.
1: That's, that,
2: is a, that is an emergency situation.
1: But I, I think we're quite close to an emergency situation.
2: No, because if you do that, you're taking away the, what would you call it? You're taking away the structure of the championship because it's one thing saying we're only running 10 rounds, but they're all going to be what you would expect. It's a whole other ball game saying we're running 10 rounds and we're completely doing away with the MXGP format. Like, we're completely scrapping everything, and we're just going to, like, that's a... I think that is a break glass in case of emergency situation.
3: Well, I I hate to say it, but I think we're pretty close to that.
2: No, no, no. Before that, before we get there, we will be doing double GPs back-to-back weekend.
1: Okay, so that the teams and everything can stay midweek wherever they are.
2: Well, I actually then, don't know what the... I, part, I kind of don't really understand what the benefits of it would be other than that it saves on it saves on
1: travel but then would it i don't like, i don't really I, don't, I don't, I'm not look at the hotel costs if a teams have got to be somewhere for eight or nine days then that's going to be huge i mean each team like each factory team's got what 15 people in the team
3: yeah i'm not
2: 100% clear on what the benefit of that would be but it does seem like a good idea
1: do you know one
3: thing? I'm one. glad I'm not gonna make these decisions.
2: Oh yeah, it's a bloody nightmare, isn't
1: it? Must it's be. funny because the world's biggest headache.
2: It's funny because last year the calendar was a bit of a headache with um Shanghai being moved and Hong Kong being cancelled. And I think there was one or two other things in there. And I remember talking to David Longo, uh, Tushentol. And him and and talking about the twenty twenty calendar and being like, oh, I bet you're excited to have like a normal calendar again and like kind of leave this upheaval of 2019 behind. Yeah. Well, we've just walked into this. Yeah. One thing I have just noticed, though, uh, looking at the calendar, is that the first, well, Russia doesn't really count, but after Russia, we've got three
3: Nordic events. Which is Sweden, Finland. Latvia. And Latvia, okay. That's just... You know Latvia's not, not Nordic, don't you? I think it's close enough. Mm, yeah, I don't. It's it's not Nordics. It's close it's enough. Europe. It's close enough. Under Estonia. Do you actually? Oh, I, we're talking geography,
2: aren't we? <laughs> no, it's close. It's close enough to the Nordics.
1: What by about a thousand miles?
2: Hold on, I'm just getting Google Maps up.
1: Oh, Jesus, we ain't got time for this.
2: Oh yeah, it's close enough. It's just a lake splitting them from Finland. <laughs> when I say know. lake, I mean the Baltic Sea. But yeah. Never mind. yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's no, that's yeah, it's in line. Latvia is in line with southern Sweden. It's the
3: Baltics. Okay, that's, right. that's, the, that's the Baltic. Yeah,
1: there's way more educated people than me who's ready to do have an argument with you.
3: So, yeah, I,
2: there will be another calendar. I expect that one to, I expect the next calendar to kind of be more final and have more cancellations on it, but we will see, I guess.
1: So what we've got now is um, obviously the new measures in, in the UK have been kind of released. I'm not sure. No one's really sure about what's going on. However, what it does mean is that things are starting to change and the, the ACE are going to be releasing a statement, aren't they, um, based on what uh, the government tomorrow. is now. Tomorrow, is it? Yeah. So we'll be able to find out whether we can go back practicing. As of the 1st of June, is that about right? I don't know. And each country is going to be different. So we're going to have different rollouts as well, which is going to massively affect the MXGP calendar as well.
2: I'll tell you one thing that could come from
3: this calendar. Headache? Could you not?
1: Migraine?
3: To say the GP start on 2nd of August, as they say, right? Yeah. Um,
2: Would it not be possible for the British Championship or others or other domestic championships to maybe start up on the first weekend of July run four weekends in July back to back to back to back and call it a championship?
3: Could do. Why not?
2: Then you don't have to worry about and then MXGP can start and you don't have to worry about sl- slotting into a free weekend or trying not to clash. You just run July. Huh? <laughs> it into a weekend? I don't know what I said. Um, yeah, you don't have to worry about that. Just run four rounds. July. like so It's for July championship. Yeah. And then call it a day. I don't know if it's even. I don't know if it would even be possible to run an event uh, in July, but maybe. Is that what the British I'm Championships
1: like, going to do, Lewis?
2: No, that's that's just my idea.
1: Oh, because you, you been, are PR and comms, aren't you? So you actually just floating it on the show just to see uh, where it lies.
2: No, I'm um, social media. Oh, okay. social media people don't. I don't get. I don't get important updates.
3: Oh, okay. Just but, checking. Um,
2: yeah, could that would that not I, I could really see that as a possibility. Now if restaurants are gonna open up in the UK in July, then I can't really see British Championship races opening up in July. But then when you think about it, when you think about it, okay, would a, a busy r a busy restaurant would have roughly the same amount of people as a British championship and British championship <laughs> is outdoors. More fifty five. No, a restaurant holds
3: hundreds. Yeah, so there's
1: That's a rich. British championship.
3: Yeah, Uh, this
2: could
1: be something. We're paying to go into the British Championship, or now we talk about people who are in the paddock.
3: No,
2: I'm talking about everyone. Okay. Yeah, but do you not think? Like, I reckon this could be something. But the ADAC and everything. The Dutch Masters have already called it a day because they couldn't be arsed with a headache.
1: Yeah. Don't blame them.
2: They they bowed (laughs) out. When you think about it, it's quite funny. The Dutch Masters bowed out very early on. (laughs) We were like one week into the coronavirus and the Dutch Masters just went, you know what, fuck it. We're done. I, we're I out. cannot be doing with this. Like at, that, the, at the point that the Dutch Masters bowed out, we were still expecting to go G, to do GPs in May. Like there, There'd only been four GPs cancelled and they were like, no, it's too much. It's too much for
1: me. <laughs> um, I just cannot deal with this drama anymore. So there's been a lot which has been going on this, this week, but again, still no concrete plans and no one really knows... No one's any further forward really than what we were last week.
2: Interesting that um I thought I thought it was interesting that Trentino's taken the fourth of October date and Spain and Portugal have been shunted forward by a week.
1: But th- that would be down to weather though, wouldn't it? Because Portugal feel yeah, so. really good into December.
2: Yeah, I'd imagine so. Also interesting that there's a tw- there's a twenty-ninth of November date after Argentina now yeah see, this is where this is where I mean you can look at it logically because also that tells me that they're going they want to end in November they're not going to yeah. go into December or january or february
1: which which would be interesting to see if any of the um European supercross events will be thinking about running in in um December this year. I've got a feeling we might see them all bow out this year and come back in twenty one
3: yeah Paris and stuff like that won't be won't be what it was will it no no not at all but yeah that's
2: what i mean this calendar doesn't tell you much but if you properly look at it you can kind of deduct certain things like this does tell this in my mind this tells me that the rumors of going into december january february aren't going to happen no no
3: because why else would that 29th of november date be added right
1: the nation is um, still going strong Yeah, we've heard nothing on the Nations, but let's hold it there. Let's go for a break. Is that because um, your
3: laptop's
2: stinging?
1: Yeah, so there's lots of noises going off here, there, and everywhere. I just want to thank again Seven, Talon, Yoko, Prox, Liap, Hinson, KYB, and Evenstrokes. Uh, Those are the guys that support us. If you get a chance, follow them on social media. Uh, Check them out on their websites. Every little helps. Um, Without those guys, we wouldn't be here. We'll be back in five. You are
0: listening to the MX Vice Show.
4: Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com.
0: Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market.
5: Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Evenstrokes is the newest e-commerce store
6: in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more.
0: Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show.
1: We're back. As always, good to be here. Hopefully, you guys have uh, muddled through our conversations. Were we clear, Lewis?
3: On what? Everything.
1: Still no motocross. Still no motocross. MXGP calendar is still up in the air, but we've had about the fifth change, and um, and also the, the one thing that came from the GP announcement is the fact that there could be back-to-back weekends for racing without any break until the end of November.
2: I don't think that's going to happen though like realistically I do think this is going to go down to 12-15 rounds.
3: Yeah I
1: I agree I think it has to.
2: I do feel confident that we will be right I don't know if I feel confident about August but I do feel confident about September though.
1: The other thing what's going to be really interesting is um, guess what happens in July? Literally July, we usually get loads of invitations to the new gear. So expect um, a pushback on all the 2021 gear, which is usually released, um, or we get to see it and usually in July and August, um, because it's usually featured in uh, LOMO GP and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting what's going to happen to the rest of the industry. Because obviously, uh, you know, I I know from Even Stroke's point of view, we already I've already seen the kit for for next year for a lot of the brands. And um, that's all been purchased or ordered up front. So um, it's going to be interesting, actually, about when the kit's going to be dropped. Because if no one's riding, there's no point in dropping any new kit.
2: One thing I've been thinking about is um, the calendar for the following year is usually released the first week of July. That's but true. Surely that won't happen because at that point we'll still be working on calendars for 2020. No, but then...
1: I, I, can't, I can't. I really can't see a, a calendar for next year coming until about September because usually they do a lot of businesses at GPS, don't they, by renewing contracts and stuff like that.
2: But yeah, but then the idea of releasing the calendar in July is to, uh, yeah, in July is to give teams an idea of what budgets needed for the following year. So yeah. would October be too late? I don't
3: know. It's it's going to. I'm uh,
2: actually quite interested by that, but I can't see them releasing it at a normal time because it would just get confusing. Or would it?
1: I don't know. I I mean, we're just talking about um, you know, in in the first part of the show, we were just talking about the MXGP calendar, but actually, when you start to think about the business, which is the the motocross business or the industry, then um, there's going to be a lot of. I mean, we do a lot of our our business with advertising from June till. September, and that's now all going to be pushed back, because companies aren't going to know exactly what budget they got for next year because they've not even they would have had pre-sales on uh, their kit this year, but they they might be a little bit kind of looking at it and just maybe tentatively thinking next year we don't know what's going to happen we don't know um how many people are going to buy X amount of kit because of what's happened so. Um, I think 2021 is going to have,
2: a, is, we're not going to see the true effects of this until 2021.
1: No, absolutely not. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. But one thing is for sure, um, away from uh, MXGP and British championships and everything else, um, I do believe the industry is going to be really strong with people going out practicing, racing, local clubs, that type of stuff. I think people are, are just cannot wait to get back and get back out on a bike. So I think the money's still going to be there. I think people are going to be spending money. I think they're just going to spend money differently. So I still think they're going to be going out practising every weekend or going to local races. I think what people will do is probably back down from the national championships and the big championships and stuff like that and just focus on practising in local races.
2: When I spoke to to Rasmus Jorgensen, um, the team manager of the Husqvarna MX2 team, he made a good point because obviously uh, Thomas Olsen's moving up to MXGP at the end of the year which means that he's got that spot to fill Yeah, and he said he's not even sure if he'd have the budget to go after a rider of the level of Thomas. So like, he's got to, A, he's got to find a new rider. He doesn't know what sort of rider he's going to be able to go after. He hasn't got races to even see what people are doing and stuff like that. So like, there's so many things that are just Everyone's just got to improvise, adapt, overcome.
3: Yeah.
1: And yeah, and that's that's the success. The successful teams, the successful businesses are going to be the people who do that. Because that's one thing,
2: because I find myself thinking about 2021 contracts a lot lately. And I keep thinking to myself, oh, I I can't do that. I can't do that. We're only two rounds into MXGP. But the reality is at this point now, had the season been normal, there would be a couple of big contracts already signed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So was it 20-odd riders that you listed? Oh, in it's, the-
2: more, it, it's a lot. It's, more, it's way more than a normal year, put it that way. I would say probably, I, I would go as far as to say 70% of the MXGP and MX2 riders
3: are up. Wow. When you think about it, a lot of
1: people are going to have to, so they don't miss out on a rider. A lot of people are going to have to um, make these decisions without knowing the finances.
2: Yeah, I, ex- I said my exact words to Rasmus in the interview were: "At the moment, a lot of teams are going to have to just shoot in the dark because that is basically what they're going to have to do—just take a punt and hope it works."
3: Did Did he agree? Yeah. 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 It's well, going to be- everyone will wait it out, won't they, and, and hope for the best eventually. But who knows?
1: One thing we uh, we mentioned on last week's show, and um, a huge thank you to everybody who's who's participated so far. But if if you're listening to this and you've got five minutes to spare, we do have a survey on the website at the moment with um, just your spending habits and, and what you're doing uh, whilst in in the lockdown situation and what you intend to do after. And the information is just to help us understand, you know, try and get some sort of prediction on. Um, where business is and where business will be uh, for the industry. So we can um, share that data with our partners. So the partners that sponsor this show, obviously we want to give them some insights into what you guys are going to be up to. So um, if you do get five minutes spare, then there is a a survey on MX Vice, And if you can fill that out, I think there's about £500 worth of uh, goodies up for grabs. We're not asking you to do it for nothing. Um, There's some fantastic uh, goodies and some uh, vouchers and stuff. So, um, yeah, if you have five minutes to spare, that would be a real big help to us. Have you filled it out yet, Lewis? I have
2: not. I almost did, but then I thought that would be a bit ridiculous because...
1: There's Should a lot I of... fill it out? There's a lot of people, Lewis, that want to see you back on a bike.
2: I don't... Oh, yeah, but you don't have to be a rider, do you, to fill out the survey, or do you?
1: No, you don't, because I'm guessing if you're, if you're purchasing casual clothing or if you're you're doing it because your son's racing, that type of thing, then... Yeah, it's not necessarily if you're riding. It could be, uh, you know, your son um, or if you're an active fan. But, um, yeah, a few riders have actually, you know, they want to see you on a bike again, Lewis.
3: Okay,
2: that's brilliant.
1: So um, we're going to make that happen, I think.
2: I think everyone's main priority at the moment, James, is just getting the professionals back on the bike. That's That's your main
1: priority because you're bored at weekends.
2: It is. It's so odd to think that we would be coming up to round eight of mxgp how,
3: how weird is
1: it how weird is it for you though literally seven years of literally going to every event on the calendar at any point you can to literally doing nothing and especially like having the off season as well not too long ago
2: well first of all it's not been seven years i don't know how long you think i've been around for
1: no, I mean like seven years doing GPs and British championships and all that sort of stuff, keeping you busy. Oh. America, that type of stuff.
2: Yes, yeah, it's not great. Well, I was thinking earlier, obviously I had my injury at the end of 2019, didn't I? That caused me to miss the final three rounds.
1: What injury was that? Was that the excessive Never. masturbation injury?
2: No, not that one. But that, so I missed the last three rounds of 2019. Then I'm missing all this time this year. It's not, it's not gone too well for me the last 12 months.
1: What injury was that? Was that when you had a stroke?
3: Do you remember when I was in hospital?
1: Oh, that, yeah, but that was a panic attack, wasn't it?
3: That was
2: not a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> Why would that be a it's just ridiculous. Anyway, okay. would you like to move on to questions?
1: Yes, let's do questions. What do we have this week?
2: We have quite a lot, so we better get
1: on it. Okay, and um, on that note... A huge thank to Liat, who sponsored this segment. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. So here we go.
2: So here we go. Well, okay. um, Scott Claydon uh, asked Does the British Championship really need to run alongside the MXGP this year?
1: Effectively
2: saying, Should it just go ahead and clash with it?
1: Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, it sucks for people like um, Simpson and Comrade Muse and stuff like that. At the end of the day, um, it could run. Or I quite like your um, version of July, just saying, let's just try and fit back-to-back weekends. They could, they could actually, in the British Championship, they could race Saturday and Sunday. Double headers. What, July, eight and rounds. And you
3: yeah. have eight rounds. Yeah, through, yeah through July, eight rounds.
1: Boom, done. That would
3: be a bit excessive,
2: but... Even if you just run four Sundays in July, that's still four rounds. That's enough for a championship. Like I've kept saying, that's exactly what the Dutch Masters do. So,
1: yeah, I like that idea. The more it's, it's kind of resonated on me now, I, I quite like it. So, I like that. And also, don't be scared to clash with, with MXGP. Why not? I don't know. Like, you take, you clash with GPs. In MX2, you lose Josh
2: Gilbert, Bas Fassen, Conrad Mews. Oh. After that,
1: don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's, it's, it's um, good for the championship. It's not good because people pay to watch um, those riders and, and the battles. But what it does uh, give is the opportunity to, uh, you know, the next level down to, to, you know, be in a different place.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I think right now that July idea that I had has to be the priority because that could actually turn out to be the best thing that could happen. Especially when you think about, it, like, think about it more. Not only that, you're also kick-starting European motocross again. You, would actually, you, you might get a lot of interest from fans. You might even get a couple of really good wild cards.
1: The, um, the other thing would be to consider okay. is that... I completely ignore my point. No, I, I'm, it's, I'm sticking on that point. I like the point. Um, the only thing which would be negative towards the series is that once it finished in July... Basically, we're not going to hear of it again until March
2: 2021. Yeah, but one, like, okay, the end of July or the middle of September,
1: that's only a month and a half difference. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm just playing devil's advocate. You know, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's a great idea to run, I agree with you, July, sounds good, uh, tick. However, it's a long time to go. Um, You know, they're going to have to... um, Work hard to keep the the championship relevant from from that point until to much. But there again, the Dutch Masters works in in you know they yeah, they in July, yeah well, and is. yeah and it doesn't lose it doesn't seem to lose any interest. Everybody wants to be part of it. Interestingly though, the Dutch Masters they run the youth classes as well, don't they?
3: Yeah,
1: but yet well, we heard that. I'm pretty sure is. they do. I'm pretty sure they run the 85 and the 125. I honestly can't remember. I believe been, they
2: do. It's been almost a year since there was a Dutch Masters round. I generally can't remember.
1: Yeah, but it's a, it's a successful series. It's a lot to, and, it, and it's doing well, and, and people want to ride there, and obviously having the MHGP teams based in Belgium helps, but uh, I think there's a lot to learn from that series.
2: Uh, little Chris Cam said, thoughts on the new calendar? Is it really worth keeping the likes of China in it from a logistical point of view and concentrating on Europe?
1: Yeah, I, I think they need to to, to blow that one out. I'm, Personally, I, I think that Indonesia, even Argentina, which is going to make you cry. I,
2: no, because I Argentina. Co- I, I think Argentina's in a
3: tough spot because everyone's paid.
1: Yeah, they could. Well, they could. They could
3: roll that in twenty twenty one though. Could they? Yeah.
2: Well, we've we had a flight books for March that got moved to November free of charge. Are they really going to move it again? For- like free of charge, and when I say them, I mean the airline.
3: Yeah, I'm not a travel company. There might not even be an airline.
2: Is that like I? I don't know. I feel I kind of feel like Argentina's in a tough spot.
1: Yeah, I, I just I think I just think that overseas races are not. You know, in I, I look at things with a must-have and a nice-to-have. Overseas is a nice-to-have. European races are a must-have because the, all the teams are based you know, within Europe and especially centered around Belgium and Italy. So let's look at the costs and and let's make things a little bit more easier for everybody. No one needs to be sent, get sent to China or uh, Indonesia or Argentina.
2: I could see China being cancelled. I could see them just going with Indonesia and Argentina. I could also see Argentina, Indonesia being cancelled, but I think Argentina runs no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, I I
1: hope Argentina does. It's a a fantastic track and venue. Um,
2: That TBA after Argentina intrigues me. What if they had a back-to-back GP in Argentina to make uh, it
3: more worthwhile for going? What, have a a double round? Yeah, maybe that's why that's there. Why not spread it over four days? Have two rounds over four days? Is that just because you don't want us
1: to stay in a hotel for a week? Yeah. now that's actually quite cheap hotels in Argentina. It's fine.
2: They're actually not. They're actually very expensive. Actually super expensive.
1: I thought the one that we got was quite
2: nice. No, no, no. They're they're very expensive.
1: Oh, okay. The hotel
2: that I would like to stay in, which is where the factory riders stay, I believe is like two grand for a weekend.
1: Yeah, that's great. But uh, we're just this poor little website, which is based in the Southwest. We're not factory.
2: Yeah, just that's what I look at every year. And I'm like, God damn. One day, mate, one day. I really want to talk about like travel stories and stuff, but news keeps coming up, which takes us away from that, which is a shame.
1: Well, one thing, actually, when Chris's name popped up, I just want to thank Chris because Chris, I don't know how many T-shirts he's bought so far and, and bits and pieces off of Even Strokes and MX Vice, but um, that guy, huge supporter of MX Vice. So a um, bit of a shout out to him, you know, for the support he's given us over the last couple of years. So um, thanks a lot. Cool. Do we have another
3: question? Um, I'm not thanking you. I'm no, thank no, I'm joking.
2: Chris. Uh, uh, we've got Phil Malins, or Malins, said, would it not be an idea for MXGP to scrap the qualifying race on a Saturday and use it as a point-scoring race so you have three races over the weekend? If the calendar gets reduced even further, that, there would have been more racing.
3: Yeah,
1: I agree. I think No. No, it's yes. a terrible idea. Yeah. What, we, why do we need... Uh, a practice so- then a time practice then a what was, what was it time qualifying then a qualifying race i don't know yeah but do you
3: forget that they tried to do this in 2015
2: at the end of 2015 i think it was they said they were going to award points for the qualifying race and everyone just lost their mind
1: yeah but there's no reason why they can't run a race on a saturday Instead of the the why, why not make the qualifying race a race? You have three races in a weekend. Shorten this kind of B-
3: to,
1: yeah, but this shorten goes G-B. back to
3: what
2: I was saying before, though. Like you're at that point, you're messing with the formula that is
1: MXGP, and it doesn't matter because we're we are in that word unprecedented times. So for this year, just get it done. If if you're going to mm. reduce if you're going to reduce the ranks from twenty to, to twelve to twelve or fourteen. Have free races at each each event. No,
2: I don't like. I don't like that.
1: Well, that's just your opinion. I like the idea. I think if you're going to travel and you're spending money and you're going all that way, why not race three times?
2: I just think, I just think that if you if you can get twelve rounds in, two motors a weekend is fine. If you don't get me wrong, if we can only run four rounds, then sure, we probably have to do that. But I don't. I think we can run ten
3: fine. Yeah. Okay. Noah Steno said, "How would Tim Guy's affair if he came and did a full season of Supercross?"
1: Ooh. Well, I think I was a little bit quick to um, uh, write him off at the uh, Monster Energy because he actually looked quite good.
2: Yeah, I was impressed the year just gone, but then that isn't that isn't a full field, that isn't a full Supercross track. There's no whoops, etc., etc., etc. Um, no,
1: but but he did show me enough. And if he was doing this full time, like you know, has done in and others, um, I believe he he, I, I think he could do top five. If he did,
2: if he did a full off season of non stop Supercross testing, I would put him between eighth on a good night and fifteenth on a bad night in the main.
3: Really? Yeah. I, uh, no, I, I think. I think I don't. If he really went for it, I could see him being an eight to fifteen guy.
1: No. No, I I definitely would. I would see him. I would see him five to ten.
3: No,
2: no, five to ten is too stack.
1: Yeah, but I think that's that's why when you look at like people like Barsha, you can win one week and the next week, you know, twelve or you know, Wilson runs. You know, top three. I'd love to see what
2: of, series you've been following. Where Wilson, uh, where Barsha wins one next one week and then finishes twelfth.
1: Well, not twelfth, but he, he's he's not in contention. That's just me exaggerating. But um, I think I think he'd do quite well. I, but if you'd asked me, yeah,
2: eighth eight to eighth to fifteenth as well.
1: I'm not saying it's not, but I think he I think he could do better. If you'd asked me um, in I don't know September last year, I would totally agree with you. But that performance. Changed my maybe because I was a little bit, um, you know, a bit harsh on him. It may be my expectations have raised quite a lot. No,
2: eight to 15 is fine. Yeah, okay, eight to five, I think that's a nice, that's not sometimes
1: you're not always right. You know that, don't you? I'm just saying what I'm just justifying why I think what I think. Yeah, but y- you, you have a way of, of just dismissing what I say.
2: No, I'm su- yeah, I'm saying because you haven't, you have not swayed my opinion.
3: Okay,
2: you had your little time on the soapbox, and I still stand strong. at, I believe eight to fifteen.
3: Okay, well, I think you're wrong.
2: Next question. Okay. Jeez, how to hell do I say this one? At seven s seven ouch, full stop twenty two. Okay, question That's mark. Simple um, reasoning. How does the MXGP? How does the MXGP start the season again when the fans make it viable to run? They're not going to run a non-fan GP, a fanless GP. That's not going to happen. So. That's a moot point because there will be fans one day.
1: Yeah, but saying that, but I know I I, the question's interesting, and we discussed this last week and and also the week before. But and I know that the GP can't run without fans. But anybody who's putting on a GP, really, do it? Do they have a contingency plan as to okay? Last year we had thirty thousand fans over a weekend with. After coronavirus, we're only anticipating only 10,000 fans coming in. And, and have they done the maths on this to make sure that they, it can still run? Because that's going to be interesting because there's no way going forward that they're going to have the same crowd-wise as what they've had in previous years. It's not me being negative. It's just me being a realist.
2: On that note, the promoter of Majora released a statement that kind of agreed with that, because he's on, obviously, the cancellation of the GP. Um, He said, in broken English, "Uh, in these months full of uncertainty, I've faced many times with Giuseppe Luongo, blah, blah, blah. Uh, We've established, established, we have evaluated, sorry, that that organising an event in 2020 is certainly very risky, and we took the decision to cancel it. Moreover, if the rules had forced us to a closed-doors GP, it would have been unsustainable. Um, yeah. that yeah. pretty much that's it. And then he ends by saying, I'm also very sorry on a personal level, but at the moment it is unthinkable to take a different decision.
3: Yeah.
2: Unthinkable. Yeah. And Majora, uh, FYI, is one of the GPs that isn't
3: government-backed. Yeah. And also, I don't think St. John is either. Okay. And actually, to bringing us back around, I don't – if I go back to the calendar, the TBA's
2: at the bottom. I don't think Germany is government-funded, and I don't think Lockett is. Imola is both.
3: And that's yeah. a, so maybe there's nothing to that. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think – Okay.
1: I th- yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. But I, 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 I do feel for the promoters. and I th- It'd be interesting to find out from in front when you speak to them next with a podcast or, or questions to find out whether um, in front have spoken to promoters to ease their worries or financial burden to see if that they've reduced the costs or uh, offered a support package, which is um, part you know, MXGP TV or something. It would just be interesting if those conversations have um, materialized because surely promoters have got to be thinking Okay, this is going to cost. You know, I, I think it must be anywhere between half a million to to eight hundred thousand. I mean, Steve Dixon would be the best person to to go over those figures, but um, it's it's a it's got to be a lot of money to put on, and in it's got to be a huge gamble to get back, even with, you know, everything working.
2: At the coolest marks. Said you still really believe that this season is going to happen? Crying.
1: With <laughs> oh wow, he knows you so well. He's just he's just uh, playing with you, Lewis.
2: I. There is some. I am now at the point where I'm like, maybe it doesn't.
3: But then again, really? No, then it, cause, no, because then again, September, October, November is so far out.
1: So, yeah, I, I, think think the world, I think the world's changing quite quickly. Um, I think
3: the world would have to go
2: to shit again for the whole thing to be pulled off.
1: Yeah, I think there'd have to be a massive spike in coronavirus, you know, um, deaths or, you know, overwhelming the, the medical facilities around the world for it to, uh, for us all to go back into lockdown, which which could happen. Um, hopefully not. Hopefully we've seen the worst of it. However, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, it got to this point where more and more promoters um, pulled out because of the uncertainty with, with uh, finances. Because there's only a finite amount of money, and if they bugger it up this year, it could have an impact on further years. So it could be that next year they're still not recovering from losses they they had in 2020.
2: Majora's cancelled, but I fully expect it to be back and just as good as it was next
1: year. Oh, absolutely.
2: It's kind of just this as a write off. They haven't lost anything, they haven't gained any.
1: Yeah. But it'd be interesting to, to know if any other promoters um, have looked at Majora and just think, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe we should be thinking a little more along the lines of, of this. But then, um, because even if you have a GP, you're going to have to have social distancing at GPs.
3: But even so, uh, Majora's not government backed but it's run by very wealthy people. Yeah,
1: but at the same, same time, even wealthy people don't just want to, you know, throw a bucket load of money away. It, you have to understand that when these kids are going back to um, reception or, or year one in June, they've basically got to run around the playground with their arms out, making sure that they've got social distance in. What the hell are you going to do at motocross when everybody's getting absolutely blind drunk? Most of them are hugging each other, letting understand what social distancing is.
2: Fair point. Fair point.
1: Yeah. So, what, um, so what's everybody going to do? Stand two metres away while drinking a beer? But imagine the size of the, 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 the queues getting in if you're two metres apart, each person.
2: Well, you'd be in a car, wouldn't you?
3: Yeah, but you've still
1: got to go through with your tickets, haven't you?
3: Oh, right, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so... It, it, the knock-on effect with all these things is, is just ridiculous. Like, queuing up for a hot dog. You know what it's like at Valkensvard or something like that when you got to go and get your ticket for your food and then you go and get your food? You wouldn't, you wouldn't know that because you don't go in the fans area. Uh, no, I
3: don't. May, may I suggest that now is a good time for a break? Uh, yes. Because my laptop,
2: my laptop is dying. Yeah, my laptop's dying, though, so I need to go and get my charger.
1: Okay, well, on that note, we are going to go for a break. We would like to thank Seven, Talon, Yoko, Prox, Liat, Hinson, KYB, and Evenstrokes for uh, supporting us, supporting the show. Uh, in the meantime, whilst you're, hopefully if you're at home, go and do the survey now it's a great time. Have a look on Evenstrokes, see if there's any purchases on there you'd like to make, an MX Vice T-shirt, or you can even buy us a coffee. Uh, we'll see you in five. You are Listening to the MX Vice Show.
5: Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Evenstrokes is the newest
6: e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more.
4: Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have
0: returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The The MX Vice Show. We're
1: back. Big thanks to Seven, Talon, Yoko, Prox, Liat, Hinson, KYB, and Evenstrokes. I'm James Burfield. Thanks for listening to uh, the first couple of parts. Uh, Lewis, we still got more questions? We do indeed. Excellent. And how is the laptop?
2: That's great. I'm now back on charge, so I won't be disappearing anytime soon.
1: By the way, I still miss you not being in the studio with me.
2: I'm very happy with the current situation. Okay. Uh, Right. When you're allowed to move again, this will be a contract negotiation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And also a P45. Um, That'll be discussed. Yeah, it will be. So, uh, oh, actually, what about a reduction in wages?
3: What, if I stay at home instead of going to the office to do the podcast?
1: Yeah.
3: I'd be open to that. Okay, cool. We'll talk about that then. Um, Fantastic. So, Next question. Henk Jan Loish, the very Dutch name, uh, yes. said, "What
2: Max? what's Max Anstey's co- contract situation this year? Can he get a ride in a factory team in the USA? Um,
1: well, you're the Max Anstey man,
2: so...
3: Um, uh,
2: his contract is up. Okay. And I think he could definitely get a factory 250 ride in the USA. Because people
3: forget he can do 250s, so... But would he want to? Yes. Okay, but how how old's Max now? Uh,
1: twenty six. Oh, okay, so he's not quite Davalos age.
3: No, and not
2: that Osborne won his first two fifty title older than this, I believe. Twenty seven was he? So twenty eight maybe. Okay. So yeah, I and people, I think he could be a very uh, valuable asset to a factory two fifty team. Yeah,
1: but do you think? I suppose it's, it's done for Andes quite well, hasn't it? A 50. I was just I was just wondering what the value is of, of doing two fifty rather than staying on the four fifty. What do you mean, the value? Well the value, because obviously Max is probably looking at this for a career. So I mean if you've done two fifty yes, I'd
2: imagine being a professional motocross rider is he's, he's looking at that as a career.
1: Yeah, but what I'm you know, what I was trying to get at, um you're being quite pedantic but what I was trying to get at is the the fact that you know a, a 250 light or whatever title east west it is not the same as winning the you know the 450 or do you see what I mean if like him come in sort of fifth in the series in 450 um, is that is that good or better than than I'm sure it is better than than finishing or winning a, a, a title on a 250
3: what are you
1: talking about? Like personally, or yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking about what what the what's the value to to Max from going 250 Because you could go to 250 and, and miss out on a good 450 ride to get a factory. Do you see what I mean? It's like there, there must be some, you know, what I'm trying to get is what would be the right the right choice. Like like if he's going to stay in America for the next two or three years or four years. Or finish out his career there, or whatever. But obviously, you don't want to take a step back. You want you want to keep the momentum going forward.
3: I
2: think you are massively overthinking this.
1: Probably, but I, you know the four hundred and fifty, a bit like MXGP, is the premier class. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why you know you have the danger of going down onto a two hundred and fifty, and then you get the next generation of uh, rookies coming out from the Loretta's, which are super fast, super light and everything else. And you could end up being
3: a 12th or 15th place guy in 250. No,
1: that's ridiculous. I'm not saying that it's not ridiculous. I'm just saying hy- I'm hypothetically speaking. I'm, the thing is, is I'm not stating facts because we don't know what's going to happen. We've not even seen a race in America. All I'm saying is that hypothetically could happen. And we are discussing the, you know, the, the variables which are involved in, you know, that could happen in in what would the outcome be? We're not discussing that that's actually gonna happen. We're just discussing Lewis, discussing. So I know you you love Max and you're defending him to the hill, and you and you know, I'm just saying hypothetically, you know, if you come away from from being Max's best friend. To um, you know, to think about it, uh, do do you know what I mean or or not?
3: I think you're just overthinking this to the point where it's simple.
2: Can Max get a factory ride? Yes, in two fifties, and if that comes up, that's obviously a great opportunity.
3: Okay. So,
2: and if obviously he's not going to go to two fifties if it's a team, if it's a choice of like being on a privateer team or he can be on a privateer team in 450s he probably would do that like but if you can be a factory um 250 250 rider that's obviously a great place to be yeah
1: Yeah. rather than just being a privateer 450 yeah it's or a satellite team i I feel like
2: you've dug yourself into a deep dark hole there hey massively overanalyzing the situation
1: i i thought we were just two guys discussing stuff I didn't even understand where you went with it. You went so far with it, I got lost. Well, no, it's a bit like, if you, if you forget the age rule in, um, in MXGP, in MX2, in would you rather win the 450 title or would you rather win a 250 title? I know a title's yeah, a title. Just,
2: you're just talking, yeah, but now you're just talking like, like whatever Max is going to do, he's going to win it. Okay. Like, so you're not even looking at this realistically.
3: Right, okay.
2: Right, next question. Henk clearly has Max on his mind because he also said, can Max Anstey live from a, a motocross contract in the USA, skip Supercross, Brayton and Reed have Supercross-only contracts? Uh, from what, what I can what gather, that think? isn't is the
3: expert.
2: Well, that's not really specific to Max, is it? But I don't think teams really do the motocross-only thing over there. Townley did it with TLD, but that was kind of a special situation. Like The team didn't do 450 Supercross. Um, I don't think it's really an option for anyone. And also, Max wants to do Supercross. He didn't go over there for the Nationals. He went over there for
3: Supercross. So, Cool. Not really relevant either way. Okay. CR Dory said,
2: if the nations do go ahead and clash with the AMA Outdoors, I'm guessing that rules out Anstey and Wilson. Also, will Anstey ride Supercross if it starts again?
1: Well, good questions. Because um, I guess... That would rule out Wilson and Anstey.
2: And Ferrandis and Musquin.
3: Well, he's n- he's never going to ride for France again anyway, is he? Who? Musquin. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, we'll
2: insert rider name here. Every rider who does the outdoors in America, it rules out.
3: Yeah. So. Yeah. That's fat. Um, so there we go. Yeah, that would be, um,
1: yeah, not cool.
2: Will Anstey ride Supercross if it starts again? If it starts before Outdoors, which now it sounds like May the 31st, he won't. But if it starts
3: in the fall, which it doesn't sound like that's going to happen now, uh, he would.
1: So, so basically, if Supercross comes back May the 31st, yep. will Max Anstey be on the line? Yep. And as I just said, no.
3: Why, wouldn't, why won't he be on the line? Because he's not
2: fully training yet. He's like still oh, okay. building himself back up after the Achilles thing. It's too. It'll be too soon.
1: Okay. He's looking good already,
3: though.
2: Yeah, he's been on the back on the bike. Uh, two, two weeks. three
3: week? Yeah, yeah, two three weeks, I think. So yeah. yeah, but he's still building himself back up and all that. So, so uh, but yeah, if it.
1: What? So what are we? So, so what's the timeline? Have you got a timeline from Max about how long he's going to it's going to take him to get up to speed?
2: But no, I don't think he knows that. You're very overanalyzing the max questions. I'm just interested.
1: I'm like a fan who's interested. You have the inside The, outdoors will, start, the
2: outdoors will start on July the 4th. He's got two months until then. That's a lot of time for him to get up to speed, get some testing done and be
1: ready. Okay, so, so you're basically saying, forget Supercross, just get ready for outdoors.
2: Yeah, that's the plan.
1: Okay, because- I just thought because of the delay of Supercross... Does it give Max the option of just getting a couple, you know, of Supercrosses under his belt? It will do if it, if
2: Supercross
3: runs in the fall, But if it's way too tight if it's made a 31st. Okay, cool. One more. Chris United
2: 93 said, will we ever see any night races in Europe? Obviously similar to Qatar and places. Mattelie has a bowl layout which would lend itself to do so. Should it be allowed? Would you guys like to see this? And also, will we ever have another festival schedule like we did
1: there before? I don't know. Again, good, great questions for Steve Dixon. Be quite, it'd be good to get Steve on the show. I liked
2: the... Um, I do like the night races we had in Qatar and Charlotte.
1: Yeah, they were good. And I remember going to uh, Bud's Creek in 2007. They had a night supercross race, which was really cool. So... um
2: like it- Qatar and Charlotte just added a nice little bit of flair into the series. Like it was quite an, it was just an, a very exciting thing to have something
1: different. Yeah, I liked I thought Qatar was yeah it was really good as well. Um, I'd like to see it, and also I'd like to see the festival back.
2: No, the festival was. I
1: did not enjoy the festival one bit. Yeah, but that was because you're about five years old.
2: No, I genuinely I was thinking about this the other day. Weirdly, I look back on that festival as like
3: the worst matterly was really i thought i just felt like there was too much
1: uh, i think i think it was i think it was good i i, I like the idea of like a four-day festival where you have like two days of amateur races
2: that's what it was yeah
1: i quite like well, that <laughs> yeah i was uh, i i actually was one of the people who enjoyed it no it was i, I
2: just thought it was too much like it was like what we like
1: what have we got now oh 85 like yeah but you just don't care about anybody and under- literally mx2 you've only just started embracing emx 250 the no last it's couple
2: not that at all but you've got i was a fan at that point i wasn't working
1: i just think that you just enjoy like emx 250 upwards and anything underneath that you just don't really care
2: well no i just felt like it was a bit of an overload like I don't know. I just I wanted for I I quite in, back when I was there purely as a fan. I quite enjoyed the two-hour break where there was an opportunity to go and walk around the pits and have a proper look and like without I don't know. I just felt like I was missing that time.
3: Uh, I I just think because no. there was
2: always it was always a choice between the two.
1: Yeah, but think of it. People, one hundred and forty thousand people go to Pilton for um, four days every year to go and watch music. They might not listen to all the music. They might go and wander around get stoned, do whatever. But, you know, they might miss some bands and stuff like that, or bands might clash. And I I liked the idea of the festival. I thought it was good. It gave people a chance to ride the track. Um, And also I think it was, if it was um, done again and you could definitely do something like a Loretta Lynn style for for young guys for the first like couple of days.
3: If it was done again, then I would probably keep... I'll keep you away. I would just invite you to the Sunday.
2: I'd have it heavy on Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday. I'd try and keep as normal as possible. So, yeah, uh, EMX two hundred and fifty, EMX one hundred and twenty-five, MXGP, and MX two, and that's it.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's that's the format which which you would run, and I, I think that would be super successful. But there again, they've tried it. They've tried it. They tried it back then, and you know, I think I think the economy at the moment, unless it bounces back. Um I don't think people're going to be trying too many crazy new ideas which is a real shame.
2: Yeah, I just I don't know. I just felt like it was an overload. I quite like you're an I don't overload. I don't Anybody
1: I've... who listens to these shows know that you you're literally you're a walking overload.
2: I just felt like I want like I wanted to see the MX2 riders
3: but I had to go through a lot of stages to get there. Uh, you know? Oh, Jeffrey just, Can we just, was, have uh, just races, Jeffrey. Like as a as a fan going there, I was
2: buzzing because the GPS are in town. But there was and then there were sixty five and eighty five. And I thought, "Oh my god, where's the GPS?" Yeah, you know. Yeah,
1: no, no I, I I don't know because yeah, we're we're too, we're different people. But anyway,
2: um, also on the subject of night races, yes, I really want Charlotte to come back.
3: Okay, is that are you whistling? No. Are you sure? Because I, I heard someone whistle. I have
1: not heard anyone whistle. Are you sure? I think we might need to play that back. But it, it definitely sounded like someone was whistling next to you. Have you got a girl there? Nope. Nope. Must
2: be those voices in your head again.
1: Okay. We'll analyse that one and get Rob to do a little sound bite. Um, no,
2: there was
3: no whistle. Okay. Okay. Are you sure it's not the, uh, the bird song?
1: There it is again. I heard it. There's no whistling. There was a... a, Hang on, I'm listening. Everybody listen. Talk again, Lewis.
3: I'm talking.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay, the whistle will... You can't deny that there was a whistle.
2: I can. Anyway, I want Charlotte to come back. That was such a good race. Who is she? Yes, it was a man... Yes, it was a man-made track. Yes, it was at night. Yes, it wasn't
3: true traditional motocross. But it was bloody good. I mean, the fact it was in America obviously helped.
1: Yeah, that's because, yeah, yeah. So you could go and watch the races and have a Chipotle after.
2: Exactly. Well, no, because of um, the delayed schedule, because it was run at night, I could have a Chipotle beforehand.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew there'd be <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> so is that our questions wrapped up? Yeah, that's all of them. And what? No, yeah. there's
2: one more, one more, Oh, one more. Um, Kyle sixteen richard said, has Lewis Phillips got anywhere with career recap pods? I'm getting there.
3: Oh God, you've been saying this in six months' time.
2: I'll nail that down this weekend, I think.
1: Honestly, you an know, absolute nightmare with this stuff. You could just phone somebody up and get it done.
2: Uh that's what people try to do, but I'm looking for the I'm looking for perfection with my equipment.
1: Yeah, okay. Um I don't want
2: and, I don't want the to be one of these people who Sorry, whilst
1: no? the MX Vice motto and everybody else in MX Vice works to eighty percent to try and find the extra twenty percent perfection, but we have we start with eighty. You have to try and start with ninety nine. Yeah, you're weirdo.
2: If it's not perfect, it's not worth doing. That's my motto. Why would I want to put something out that harms my credibility? And the the idea is, I'm bringing something to the table that's trying to be perfect. I'm not bringing something to the table that's fifty percent. No one wants that.
1: No, how one wants disappointing 50. would that be? The eighty's great. 80 is actually doing great. something. It is. I don't do stuff unless it's 100%. Okay. So on that note, what, do you, what what's your plans this week? Have you got any interest in interviews lined up?
3: Um, we did this question in the first half. I
1: oh, know, I forgot by now.
3: Okay, brilliant. Well, you listen back to the show
2: and you'll get your answer.
1: One thing I was going to ask you, because we haven't spoke all week, but did you listen to Jeff Stanton interview? I actually didn't. Oh, wow. So you give me shit every week about nothing, about me doing nothing, and then I go and interview Jeff Stanton on last week's show and you don't even listen to it.
2: Well, I'm concerned because what if I listen to it, I know what would happen. I'd have about 17 points that I want to critique you on because you're operating at 80%. <laughs> you're
1: such a prick. Honestly. Honestly, I don't know how I work with you. I really don't.
2: It's the Moto Fight Club tonight. Are you excited? Have you paid your $19.99?
1: No, but I will be. I'm definitely going to watch it because I need a little bit of a motocross a fix and that's going to be perfect. So uh, the other thing as well is I think if you purchase it for 90 it's, I think it's $20. Actually, I think in Europe it's only
2: $10. What?
1: Yeah, the prices are different. I think in, in Europe it's, it's
2: $10. I don't know. I think I was on the website yesterday and it said 19
1: I'm going to sign up later because I, you can um you can actually go back and watch the um the campfire talk and everything else. So I'm definitely going to do it because it'll be really good, and it'd be good to see Stanton and Bradshaw in you know Glover and Prostrana and stuff. like that. It's, it's going to be cool.
2: Okay, sounds good.
1: Great. On that note, um, same
2: time next week. I guess so. Maybe we'll have another calendar to discuss.
1: Excellent. Well, that's everything from MX Vice. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show this week. Uh, apologize for Lewis, as always. Um, big thanks to Seven, Talon, Yoka, Brox, Liat, Hinson, KYB, and Evenstrokes. I'm James Burrifield. Say bye, Lewis. See ya. And we'll see you next week. You
0: are listening to the MxVice Show. Strokes is the newest e-commerce
6: store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com.
0: Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com.
5: Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the U.K. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info.
6: Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more.
4: Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko
0: Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or
3: shop online. The MX Vice Show.